Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... philosopher. It is inevitable. It is fate. It is destiny. Our lives hang on a slender thread from one day to another. We place our daily existence in the hands of total strangers and pray for the luck of the draw. We do it when we drive down the highway, when we fly in an airplane. We do it when we elect a president. It is not death we fear, but the inevitability of it. The destiny of one the destiny of millions can rest in the hand of a single person. That's right. Ignore the truth. Go make your report. Tell them a lie. Dr. Baylor, it's all in your mind. You can't allow this project to continue. It's flawed. It's dangerous. There is only death. You alone have the power to stop it. You're talking insanely. You fool. Are you also blind? We will be destroyed. And you are the only one with the power to save us. Our mystery drama, Death on Project X, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Victoria Dan and stars Larry Haynes. It is sponsored in part by X-Lax and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. In the infinity of government bureaucracy, have you ever wondered about those workers whose job it is to look after the tiny pluses and minuses? The supposedly insignificant paperwork that maintains the order of our society. For them, the sum total of any of our lives is written on a slip of adding machine tape. This is in no way to demean those who pursue these rather thankless back office careers. But even the dullest of jobs is never totally predictable. And obscurity can often end with a call to the front desk. You're probably wondering why I've sent for you, Jenkins. Uh, Jenkins is on sick leave, sir. I'm Hughes. What happened to uh, to Krebs? Transferred to another department, sir. Well, what about... Traggerty retired last month. Hughes, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How long have you been with the project planning office? Five years. And, of course, you've uh, served on the review board before? No, General. No? You worked for the planning office all this time and you've never gone on a field inspection? No, sir. Well, then how can you possibly be acting assistant director? Seniority, sir. What, uh, what was your previous position? Until last week, I was supervisor of accounts and records. Accounts and records? No, 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 no. No, you you won't do it. You won't do it all. Hello, Haskins. General Glynn here. What do you mean sending me this, this, uh, this Hughes fellow? He has no experience. What? Are you sure? He is. Huh? No? All right. All right, I'll get back to you. This is, uh, incredible, Hughes, but according to the director, you're the only available staff member familiar with Project X. Yes, sir. 
The accounting section is acquainted with every detail of every project. Well, uh, <clears throat> let's hear what you know, Hughes. Yes, sir. Uh, Project X, filed under Category 723, Miscellaneous Research, Secret Type D Defense. Total expenditure to date, $1.87 billion. Location, one-half mile underground. Craig installation. Personnel, 89 men, 43 women. Uh, yeah, that's enough, Hughes. You certainly know the raw facts. But knowledge is no substitute for experience. No, sir. This department is overextended. Just find us an excuse and we'll drop Project X. Drop Project X, sir? Or Project W or V or whatever we find sufficient grounds for termination. Uh... General Glynn, what would you call sufficient grounds? Uh, a bad morale for one, and uh, misuse of funds for another. Yes, I'm sure you could spot that particular one, Hughes. And, of course, there's uh, also the high-risk quotient. Now, in other words, you have reasonable doubt that adequate safeguards exist to ensure a margin for error. Well, I'm supposed to be able to determine that, sir. I'm a, no scientist, sir. I'm an accountant. Hughes, I've got my hands full as it is. General, the responsibility. I mean, I've never... I know that, Hughes. And you know that. But so help me, don't you let them know it's your first assignment. I did want you to have a look at the main generating plant, Mr. Hughes. Oh, it's very impressive, Colonel. Not to mention efficiency. As the project's chief power source, it can't be beaten for maximum utilization of fuel anywhere. Yes, I've seen the figures. Mr. Hughes, I just want you to know that the Project X staff is completely at your disposal. I appreciate your cooperation. Yes, that's it, cooperation. The research we're doing here at X, it's at least important enough for a little common courtesy. I'm sure you've run into some real belligerent types on other inspections, haven't you? Uh, yes, I, I have, certainly. If we're finished here, I'd like to take you on to the primary testing facility. This, of course, is the main lab. You won't find another as well-equipped in the entire country. At a cost of nearly $67.2 million, I should think not. You certainly know your figures. Well, details have always intrigued me, Colonel. Facts, figures, these things are the black and white. They are the ultimate indicator of success or failure. You sound just like an accountant. Well, you might say I'm interested in seeing a financial outlay for this project is justified by its progress, Colonel. In other words, the boys at the planning office still want to know if they're getting their money's worth. Well, I assure you, Mr. Hughes, at Project X, you certainly are. Now, by the way, I'd like you to join me for dinner. If you have no other plans, thank you, Colonel. I'd be happy to. Memo to General E.F. Glynn. My first day at Project X. Record most favorable. First impression. Project director extremely cooperative. Facilities well planned and in good order. Staff efficient and congenial. No evidence of any morale problems. Come in. I said come in.
You say someone slipped the note under the door to your quarters? Yes, that's right, Colonel. Strange. Colonel, do you have any staff members here who might be uh, a little unstable? Mr. Hughes, our people are carefully screened to avoid just that. Over 130 men and women engaged in top-secret defense research, constantly under stress, and there are never any difficulties? Well, of course, we're human. Occasionally, some of our people experience depression, fatigue, but it's normal. And you say there's no morale problem? Here? No, not at all. I'm sure even you noticed how well our people seem to work together. Do you have any conception of how crucial our research is? Do you think I'd risk it all on demoralized personnel? Well, Colonel, sir, I merely inquired. I wasn't insinuating. I told you we have nothing to hide. We're an open book. Then you won't mind if I paid a visit to your infirmary. Of course not. I'd like to meet your staff psychiatrist. Staff psychiatrist? Yes, I'd just think a brief talk would clarify things for me, Colonel. I'm sure there are no real problems, but I pride myself on being thorough. Uh, can I help you? Well, I'm looking for Dr. Baylor. My name is Eli Hughes. I'm from the Project Review Board. Oh. You must be Dr. Hillary, the project medical director. Oh, yeah, that's correct. You have an unusually high efficiency rating, Doctor. <laughs> I do what I can. Well, I wanted to speak with Dr. Baylor concerning cases of fatigue. Uh, fatigue? Well, according to the colonel, the only personnel problems here stem from sheer physical exhaustion. Uh, well, I'm uh, sorry, Mr. Hughes. You'll have to come back when Dr. Baylor's available. Well, uh, maybe, maybe you could tell me, Dr. Hillary. Well, I'm afraid not. I am rather pressed for time. In other words, you don't wish to cooperate with an official government inspector. Uh, Mr. Hughes, don't try to pull rank on me. This is your first time out. That's not true, Doctor. It is written all over you. You don't even understand what we're all about here, now do you? Well, I most certainly do. You don't know anything. Adrian. Hello, Dr. Hillary. Who is the man? Uh, Adrian, I'd like you to meet Mr. Hughes. Hello. Can you swim? I beg your pardon? Swim. Can you swim in the water? In fact, I don't. But you must. We're going to be with the fishes, so we must know how. Isn't that so, Dr. Hillary? Yes, Adrian, that's true. But doctor, what, what is she talking about? I didn't mention the seahorses. We're going to be with the seahorses, too. The seahorses? Yes. We'll all be together. The fishes, the seahorses, and the people. That's a fact. Doctor, have you been practicing your underwater breathing like I told you to? Yes, I certainly have. That's good. That's very good. Doctor, could uh, we step outside for a moment, please? Uh, Adrian, we have to go away now, but we'll be right back. Okay. Would, would you uh, explain to me what that was all about? You mean Adrian? Well, that girl talks like an idiot. An idiot? Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Hughes. That girl happens to be Dr. Adrian Orman, the chemist. That girl? Yes, assistant to Professor Shoup, the man behind the X-Factor. Well, I don't understand. What happened? Well, a few weeks ago, she, she just snapped. Just like that? Yeah, I'm no psychiatrist. I'm a surgeon. But I can tell you this. She was very dedicated, a perfectionist. She wasn't satisfied with the final conversion formula. Shoup's formula? Right. She insisted that there was an error somewhere. It just didn't uh, feel right, was how she put it. In any case, she went for days without sleep, without food, and looking for some imagined error. Well, she finally cracked. From sheer fatigue. Oh. I'm very sorry. Are you? 
Now, you really? Yes, doctor, I really am. Well, you shouldn't be. To feel sorry is to care. And to care is to become involved. What's wrong with that? He's here, isn't he? The man from Project Review? Uh, uh, Jerry, this isn't good for you. Now, you should stay in bed. I'll go. I will. Just as soon as I talk to him. You're the man, aren't you? I'm Eli Hughes from the planning office. Please listen to me. Uh, Jerry, I want you to stop this. But he has to know. He has to know how sad it is. A tragedy, that's what it is. Jerry, Jerry, you can talk to Mr. Hughes later. Now, we're busy now. I'll go. I'll go, but please tell him how sad it is. Yes, I'll tell him. Because he shouldn't be afraid to cry. Tell him. Make him see. He'll cry, too. Yes, Jerry. Because it's so sad. <sighs> Dr. Hillary, that woman is crazy. Yes, I know. That's all you can say? What else can I say, Mr. Hughes? I've already told you. Yes, I know. You're a surgeon, not a psychiatrist. But what does the project psychiatrist have to say about this? Mr. Hughes, Dr. Jerry Baylor is the project psychiatrist. The Bible says, physician, heal thyself. Obviously, we have just met the perfect example in Dr. Baylor. If this woman is the resident psychiatrist, what can we expect from her patients? Are the lunatics indeed running the asylum? That is, if Dr. Baylor really is a lunatic. After all, who are we to say? We don't make hasty judgments here. We examine all issues carefully. We'll be back in a moment with Act Two. Last five years, Eli Hughes lived a carefully ordered life in an adding machine world where two plus two always came out four. Suddenly elevated to the rank of project investigator, he has been sent out on a seemingly routine check of a top secret research center. And he must make a judgment based on only two things, experience and instinct. Lacking the first, we can only hope he has a little of the second. Instinct, that subliminal sense that tells us something is wrong. Colonel, what I want from you is an answer. An answer to what, Mr. Hughes? That woman I met just ten minutes ago in your infirmary. According to my records, she's still on salary as a full-time staff psychiatrist. I'm aware of that. Well, then perhaps, Colonel, you can explain to me your reasons for not reporting this situation. Mr. Hughes... What do you really know about Project X? I'm acquainted with all the facts. Oh, I'm sure you are. You know the statistics, what we spent. What do you know about us? What are we doing here? You're doing research. What kind of research? Complex research for the defense program. Do you know the nature of the research? Yes, you're developing another weapon. No, not just another weapon. The ultimate weapon. This weapon will render all others obsolete. Yes, I've heard that before. No. This is the highest level of achievement we can ever hope to reach. Nothing will be as sophisticated. X is capable of destruction on a level that is incomprehensible. Colonel, I was talking about Dr. Baylor. So am I. The X factor is the cause of Dr. Baylor's breakdown. Let me explain. 
There are over 130 men and women working on this project. They have actually constructed a device which, if ever put into operation, could obliterate an entire country in a matter of moments. Moments? Well, I don't see what this has to do with... Let me finish. Our people are working on the ultimate weapon. Can you imagine the moral and ethical implications? The guilt resulting from association with the most devastating weapon ever built by man? Dr. Baylor worked around the clock with some of our people. She listened. She cared. Unfortunately, she had no one to discuss her own doubts and guilt she had absorbed from others. The strain was too much. You mean she broke from the pressure? That's right. And so you understand yes, why... Yes, I'm, I'm sorry, Colonel. I had no idea, but... Still, this must be reported. The woman must be sent home. Why? Well, because this woman is a government employee drawing a 37000 salary. That's your reason? Well, Colonel, isn't that reason enough? We're speaking of a broken woman, Mr. Hughes. Uh, yes, I understand that. Well, if you understand, then where is your compassion? How can you send this woman back into a world she no longer fits into? A record forever ruined. I can't help that. At least here, she does no real harm. That woman is harmless? Absolutely. She still has the delusion that she's helping her fellow workers. She feels useful. Would you take that away from her? Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to. I mean, I have to follow regulations. So you'd send her away and strip every last vestige of dignity from the woman? Do you have any idea how overextended this project is? She no longer qualifies as a member of your staff. And how do you know what qualifies someone as a member of my staff? Now listen, Eli. Now let's forget the formalities for a while. I want you to erase from your mind the stereotype of cold-hearted military officers. I care about this project. And I care about these people. And I think what's good for one is good for the other. But I'm talking about efficiency. And I'm talking about humanity. Well, you can't have both. Who sir? says so? Maybe you've been behind your desk too long. Or maybe you've been on so many field inspections that we all begin to look alike to you. No. In fact... In fact, what? Nothing. You'll have to excuse me, Colonel. I have work to do. You're uh, making your first mistake, Mr. Hughes. You are becoming personally involved with this project. I am not. If something is disturbing you, why not just put it in your report? Because I... I want to be fair about this. I know you've just been talking with the colonel. As a result, you've made your second mistake. What are you talking about? I mean, you just can't leave well enough alone, can you? You're beginning to doubt yourself. Doubt this project. Is it really worth all the expense, all the trouble? And what do you think? Well, I can't answer. I refuse even to let myself think about it. If you want answers, why don't you talk to the man who made it all possible? And just who are you talking about? The man behind the X Factor, Professor Shoup. But I want your opinion. I already told you, I have no opinion. And if I did, I certainly wouldn't advertise it. To you or to anyone else. <laughs> Project X is the only sure way to a permanent and lasting peace. The, uh, ultimate weapon, Professor? But of course. Well, I don't understand how a weapon will bring peace. 
Isn't it obvious? Well, frankly, no. If we have the means of destroying our enemies before they are capable of responding, who would ever dare attack us? Well, what if you did use it? Wouldn't it destroy everything? No. Let me explain to you what the X Factor really is. It is the power to harness the elements contained beneath the Earth's crust and channel them for our own use. A virtually unlimited source of natural energy combined with the power to control it, actually direct it. In other words, pinpoint destruction. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I had no idea. That is why it will bring us peace, because to contemplate war in the face of Project X is to be faced with obliteration without hope of escape. The choice will have to be that of trust and peace. Yes, I never thought of that. You must admit it all puts the matter quite in perspective, does it not? It certainly does, Professor. So you'll be leaving us tomorrow, Eli. Yes, Colonel. I thought about what you said about Dr. Jerry Bailey. I'm not going to make any mention of it in my report. It's uh, not necessary to the case. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, if you consider Dr. Baylor to be a member of the Project X staff, I won't dispute it. What brought about this sudden change of heart? Colonel, I am not a man affected by sentimentality. Oh. My primary interest is saving the government on necessary expense. As a full-time staff member, Dr. Baylor receives a yearly salary of 37500 if, however, she were discharged from her position here and put into the care of the Army Medical Center, annual cost for maintenance and therapy would approximate 52000 not to mention the monthly stipend to her dependents, bringing a total expenditure per annum to well over 63000 Keeping the doctor on at Project X will be a savings to the government of 26500 You're very efficient, Mr. Hughes. I try to be. What are you doing in my room? They said you were leaving. Yes, that's right, Dr. Baylor. But you just arrived. Well, I've been here three days. That's not long enough. Don't you realize that? Doctor, I find that the time was sufficient. I know what you're going to tell them. How could you? You don't have to be a mind reader. Everything's fine here. That's what you'll tell them. Everything's ship-shape and okay, but you're wrong. Dr. Baylor. Jerry, I really... I have to be packing. That's right. Avoid me. No, I'm not trying to I avoid... understand. I know the kind of person you are. You've taken orders all your life, and now you're afraid to make trouble. No, that's not true. It's true, and you know it. But I upset everything. I'm the broken cog in the wheel. Well, just you listen to me, because I'm a psychiatrist. I know what I'm talking about. Yes, of course you do. Don't patronize me. Jerry... Jerry, I understand your situation. Really, I do. In fact, I think you're quite a remarkable woman to have endured what you have. But I have already filed a primary report, and it's time for me to leave. But you can't go. Not until you see the reality. The reality of Project X. You can't permit it to continue. I had doubts about the usefulness of this research myself. But then Dr. Shoup 
explained it to me, and it does make sense. Shoop. Shoop is out of his mind. He is out to destroy us all. How can you say that? He's a believer in peace. You're wrong. He wants to destroy us, and he will, unless you stop him. Jerry, Jerry, believe me, what you're going through now is due to fatigue. You've been stretched to the limits of exhaustion. You fool. Are you blind? Destruction is near. Why won't you believe me? Jerry, don't you see? It all has to do with the fact that you absorb other people's guilt, the ethical and moral. No. I have beheld the future and have paid the price. The horror was too great for anyone to remain sane. But you, Eli, you can save us. But you won't. No. No, you're right. You're right, Eli. Don't permit yourself to care. Leave now before you begin to doubt. Don't let yourself care or you'll be destroyed. Leave now, this minute, before it starts to eat away inside you. Jerry, Jerry, what is it? Before it's too late. Before the caring destroys you. Jerry, what's wrong? I see under the facade. You are sensitive like the others. You are vulnerable. Jerry, what's the matter? Before it kills you. Jerry. Answer me. Jerry. Well, how is she? Mr. Hughes... What happened, Doctor? Why, why, why did she faint? She didn't faint. She's dead. Dead? That's impossible. She's dead, Mr. Hughes. No, I don't believe that. Why, only a few minutes ago, she was standing right here talking to me. Yes, I know. Well, how could, how could she die just like that? The truth, Mr. Hughes, is that Jerry Baylor is dead because she had no desire to go on living. That's a reason? It has to be. Because other than that, there is no reason under the sun why this woman should be dead. The road to resolution starts with doubt. The best way home's the farthest way about. So said the poet. Doubt. It begins as a wispy thread of curiosity. It would have been so simple so easy to have gone back and declared that all was well at Project X. But now doubt, the ultimate weapon of man's own conscience, has been planted inside the practical, well-ordered mind of Eli Hughes. And that is going to prove very unfortunate for him when I return with Act Three. to live. There is no power on earth quite like it. And even doctors are at a loss to explain the most critical patients whose sheer tenacity brings them back from death's door. Conversely, many people believe that there exists also the will to die. But what about Dr. Jerry Baylor? Could we say then that she actually died of despair? Of some 
terrifying vision? This woman should not be dead. The fact still remains, Doctor, that she is. Now, there has to be some sound medical explanation. There always is. All right. Her heart stopped beating, so she died. In fact, though, she wanted to die, so her heart simply stopped beating. Now, do you understand the difference? No. Life, life was another torment for Jerry. Each day became more and more difficult to face. Visions of total annihilation. She was firmly convinced that it was actually going to happen. The thought was unbearable. How are you going to list her death? Natural causes. I, what else can I say? That's how I recorded the other two. Other two? What other two? Yes. This is the third death we've had here in the past six months. Well, I wasn't informed of any deaths. Yeah, that's correct. Now that you bring it up, they occurred away from the installation on two staff members who had recently resigned from the project... Officially, they were no longer connected with Project X. Although I consider the deaths to be work-related. How did they die? Well, one in an accident, the other cardiac arrest. Both had previously been under the care of Dr. Baylor. I see. Doctor, would it be possible for me to look through Jerry Baylor's office? I thought you were leaving, Mr. Hughes. Not just yet. scientific term, Mr. Hughes. A sensitivity rating is a scale that Dr. Baylor used to classify the intuitive nature of her patients. Uh -huh. Now, she believed that some people have a, a greater sensitivity to stimuli than others. Now, she was almost afraid to use the words uh, extrasensory perception, but she believed that some people have a kind of uh, antennae that enables them to detect danger present in any everyday situation. Oh. A kind of, uh, sixth sense, Doctor? Uh, if you go along with her theory, I, I guess you could call it that. Oh. Well, that would explain what happened to those two scientists. And even Dr. Baylor. Well, you can believe that. I don't. I just think that what happened to the three of them, like what's happening to Adrian inside that room there, some people can't cope with stress. It's as simple as that. I don't know, Doctor. Uh, what about this girl, Adrian? You met her. 
she cracked after Jerry was no longer able to function as staff psychiatrist. Well, maybe... Maybe there's a connection somehow. I'd like to talk to her again. Well, if you want, Mr. Hughes, but I, I really don't think it's going to give you any answers. Unless, that is, you already have one in mind. Hello, Adrian. Oh, hello. Do you remember me? You're Mr. Hughes. You can call me Eli. Okay. Eli, have you learned to swim yet? Uh, no, no, but, uh, I will. You better hurry up. You don't have forever, you know. Yes, uh, Adrian, did you know a man named Dr. Vinetti? Who? Dr. Vinetti. He was a chemist like yourself. Both you and Dr. Vinetti came to work at X around the same time. Dr. Vinetti? Yes, he... Worked alongside you and Professor Shoup. Professor Shoup? Yes, that's right, Adrian. Now, maybe, maybe you can tell me about Dr. Vanetti. No, I don't want oh, to. All right. I don't want to upset you. Do you see these figures, Professor Shoup? Well, uh, what are you talking about? Do you see our calculations, Shoup? You've made a mistake. Why won't you double-check your figures against ours? Professor Shoup, why are you so stubborn? Your calculations are off. What what calculations? I can do a backstroke and hold my breath underwater for almost one whole minute. Adrian, what calculations are you talking about? I don't want to talk to you anymore today. You're too serious. I hope you don't mind me disturbing you, Professor Shoup. Oh, of course not, my boy. Now, you were asking me about Dr. Vinetti and poor Adrian. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, did you all, uh, how do I put it tactfully? Did you all get along well? <laughs> Very tactful, my boy, but unnecessary. In fact, the three of us got along famously. Just famously we did. Uh-huh. Well, the reason I'm asking you is because Adrian mentioned something to me about some calculations being off. Oh, poor Adrian. She was very distressed about Dr. Vinetti. They were very close, I understand. In other words, there are no calculations. Well, certainly there are. The calculations on my conversion formula. We start testing next week, and I'm very excited. And so is the colonel. I, I take it that Dr. Vanetti disagreed with you on some of your figures. No, yeah, he certainly did. But I set him straight quickly. Yes. Professor, who double-checks you? Everything is double-checked by the most qualified member of this staff. Me. Ah, you're joking, aren't you? Mr. Hughes, I double-check myself. No, on along. I have got work to do. I think you're taking this all too seriously, Eli. Colonel, I heard him with my own ears. He said he double-checks himself. Well... I, I don't know about you, but I call that an extremely unscientific attitude. I certainly intend to mention it in my report. I'm beginning to have my doubts about Professor Shoup. Oh, now, look, you have to understand, the professor is a genius, an absolute genius. Colonel, I find your attitude very unprofessional. 
I'm raising serious doubts to you about the emotional stability of your chief scientist. Now, how can you just dismiss it with a shrug of your shoulder? Because... Well, it's this way, Eli. We're testing X on a very small scale next week. And as a favor to me, I'm asking you to let this all ride until after the test takes place. Now, you're not serious. Now, what if Dr. Ramon Vanetti and Dr. Adrian Oramad were right and the professor was wrong? That, Eli, is extremely unlikely. Well, I'll go along with that, Colonel. The question is, can you afford to take that chance? So you're going away? Adrian, I wanted to thank you. Thank me? Yes, you... You helped me make a very important decision. I'm going to make my report today. Terminating Project X. Terminate? It means that Professor Shoup won't be able to carry out the testing next week. I thought it would make you happy to hear that. Eli, you can't stop it. It's too late. No, it isn't. You can see it, can't you, Eli? You're one of us. I can see that. One of us? You have it. The sensitivity. You know what's going to happen. The miscalculation in the conversion formula will set off a disastrous chain reaction. Adrian, I told you. I already told you I'm going to stop the test. No. They'll stop you. They won't let you. Goodbye, Colonel. I'm glad there are no hard feelings. Not really, Eli. We do have a full week before the test. Something might always come up. The last word does belong to the general. Well, I'm sure the general will support my findings. Perhaps, Eli. But when he hears the results of our testing, I don't believe he will. Well, you'll be shut down long before the testing, Colonel. Eli, we can't be closed until you make your report. In case you forgot, Colonel, I'm leaving today. Not really. What are you talking about? You're a civilian. This is a classified operation. We have to debrief you. And that's going to take time. Well, I've got a level three security clearance. I'm just being technical, Eli. I have the option to detain any non-military personnel for a routine security check. How long will this check take? Exactly one week. One week? Well, that'll give the professor time to begin his tests. It will... Colonel, this is deliberate. It is. But you can't. I mean, you can't carry on those tests. If the calculations are even slightly off, there'll be a terrifying chain reaction. You're dealing with the forces of nature. We're talking about cataclysm. Unleasing the violence from beneath the Earth's crust. The elements raging uncontrollably. Eli, I think you've been taking this all a bit too seriously. You think I'm crazy, do you? Maybe I am. Maybe man wasn't meant to foresee his own destruction. But it will happen, Colonel, unless I stop it. Only I have the power to stop it, and I must, or else we perish. Civilization will perish. And I must go at once and make my report. Eli, you're not going anywhere. Not for a long, long time. Lie down, Mr. Hughes. Oh, 
How long have I been here, Dr. Hillary? Huh? Almost a week. <laughs> Doctor, it still isn't too late. There's still time. Uh, I told you, Mr. Hughes, not to become emotionally involved. Now, look what it's done to you. No, 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 it doesn't matter. Not really. I, I can't stop destiny. Please, please, don't tire yourself. She was right. Jerry was right. It's a mistake to care. It'll destroy you if you care. Please, Mr. Hughes. Eli. It won't be long now, Doctor. We'll, we'll all fall in. Down, down to the bottom of the ocean. Back to the fishes. Well, rest now. The fishes and the seahorses. General Glynn. Ah, uh, yes. Come in, Corporal. I want you to take a letter to the director of Project X. Ready, sir. To the attention of Colonel Lilly, Project Director. Sir, in lieu of a progress report from Investigator Eli Hughes, our secondary review committee has voted to send a replacement sometime in the following few weeks. In the interim, as Project X poses no immediate threat to the safety of this country... Permission is hereby granted for you to continue with your research. Signed, Major General E.F. Glynn, Commander-in-Chief of Military Forces, Atlantis. Atlantis? You mean we didn't tell you that this story was about Atlantis? Well, after all, we never exactly told you it wasn't. One thing is for sure, though. We don't have to tell you how this story ends. Undoubtedly, you have already heard the ending. Atlantis was destroyed. I'll be back in a moment. Is man bent on destroying himself? This story was offered merely as a fable to make you think and wonder. That's what this program is all about. To expand the imagination, heighten the senses, tantalize the curiosity. Was there really an Atlantis? What could have happened to cause such an advanced civilization to vanish from the face of the earth without a trace? Our cast included Larry Haynes, Robert Dryden, Catherine Byers, and Cork Benson. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.